They called our generation the missing millions. Missing not because we went anywhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere except the Oasis. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello, hello, all you gigalos. Welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I'm your host, Kelton, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going, buddy? Uh, up top, i like to give a shout-out to the Taliban. Uh, you know, I, I know you guys are really busy right now, uh, but, you know, thank you so much for coming through to my housewarming party last night. You know, it, it, was, it was really, really great to see the gang roll that deep. So, uh, yeah, sh- shout-out, shout-out, uh, you know, the Taliban, everyone else who made it out last night. Uh, we, it, was, it was a great time it actually as it turns out you just got robbed it was a bunch of people in ski masks but you know after about four drinks all the outfits kind of merged together into very problematic ways so yeah and, and then it, it inspired a uh, a twitter post where i make broad generalizations uh based on uh just uh you know random personal experiences <laughs> <laughs> i saw something online about the taliban that was like i can't care about what's going on in afghanistan i had an alcoholic father who would yell and scream every time the door shut and locked it was my personal afghanistan (laughs) they took it there (laughs) they did uh i I guess we should also probably introduce our guest this week it's the sweaty mamba from letterbox how is it going sir hello hello it's going well thank you so much for having me of course of course I, i mean uh this week we are going to be covering ready player one it's uh a movie i think a lot of people are familiar with the basic premise is that when the creator of a popular video game system dies, a virtual contest is created to compete for his fortune. Uh, I wish the movie was as succinct as that synopsis would make <laughs> things seem, but uh, you know, we each have our own slight little struggles kind of along the way here. Thank you so much for, for joining us with this movie. Happy to be here. Well, I, you know, let, let's get our, our basic thoughts going on. Grift, what did you think about this? I remember... Uh a couple of years after the original novel came out, it sort of uh, it sort of was in the zeitgeist, and it was the sort of thing that people were talking about. So, like, oh, I'll, I'll pick up this this uh, you know light sci-fi book. Sounds fun to read. Oh, this fuck! <laughs> this is some of the worst writing I've ever encountered. Yeah. Um, literally, just oh, yeah. like just uh, a fucking like Jenga tower of pop culture references just thrown at you like a fucking fire hose. Like uh, no, I was about to say, Jenga, come on, that's giving a little too much credit. There's yeah. some strategy involved in Jenga, especially at the end. Come on now. That's yeah, this is this is like a, a, a failed um Tetris stack, like one where you're not paying attention, just builds up and you immediately die. It's like, like a toddler trying to attempt ski ball for the first time, just hurling it directly. A Tetris stack with zero symmetry to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and, and that's the content that this thing is working with, and the fact that they gave it to Steven Spielberg. Spielberg and with a massive fucking budget and trying to make it into this big event movie, um, considering just like, I mean, particularly coming off of watching Space Jam 2, 
Like, oh, I, no. I, this is. This I is, was wondering if you would bring Space Jam. Dude, of course. I'm, Space Jam 2 fucking triggered me, and I have yeah. not been untriggered. Like, I'm, I'm still activated, and this was just like, <laughs> watching this was just like doubling down on that. I um, wondered if you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I, Kelton, I, I, I assume all of the um, pop culture uh, um, ephemera that is just reference ad nauseum in ad nauseum in this movie. Uh, you can find all of those on the HBO Max streaming platform. Correct? Yes, you can. It's amazing that <laughs> oh this God, virtual true. world where anything is possible, as long as it's a property owned by Warner Brothers, uh, you know, is readily available for anyone to, to take a look at. Uh, it's, it's quite a film. I mean, it was uh, one of those things of where, uh, as as a person who really hates reference humor, uh, this this was you know this was my Afghanistan. Oh I guess. My god. The- oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So um, so fellas, uh, yeah, I mean, I was wondering compared to your your podcast on Space Jam too, convinced me to never check it out. But as <laughs> this as this movie got worse and worse, I just was imagining like, yeah, how did this compare to Space Jam? Like, which one was worse? Oh, Space Jam for sure, because at okay. least in this one, there's like a CGI gray, muddy mess final act of a battle sequence that Ugh. takes place, which is miserable in its own way. Ugh. But what's more miserable <laughs> is all of those characters just standing around idly by while a basketball game takes place oh, okay. right in the middle. Okay. And uh, yeah, that, that's apparently the alternative <laughs> here. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm rolling deep with my droogies. We got courtside seats. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh even God. Spielberg would put the Droogs in Ready Player One. That's the thing. Like they don't appear in Ready Player One with the video game characters, but they do in Space Jam Two, a movie for children. Yeah, no, th- this this movie just prefers to have the um, sort of all-knowing uh, Willy Wonka figure imagine himself as uh, Jack Nicholson in the black and white photo at the end of The Shining. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> like he's that's how that guy uh, would, he, you know, he would he would love to trade places with uh, <laughs> with with uh, Jack Nicholson's character in that. Like, that's, that's just well, the he's the main is. character of every yeah. movie. Come on, Griff. Of course. You know, yeah. We, we... <laughs> I don't know for for me at least the as, as stupid as I felt like a lot of aspects of the technology and the world building that existed within the movie was uh I thought it was a weird juxtaposition because the movie really does kind of tell a story of a country that is in this uh in the middle of this uh turmoil it's the future where we've all kind of ignored a lot of the societal problems that are structurally ingrained with the way that things operate and so we uh we as a people have all retreated back in to this world of regurgitated pop culture as the real world continues this slow and getting faster and faster slide into just a complete collapse both of environmental and uh, societal and it the only thing that triggers a sense of activism in any way <laughs> is when oh the entertainment God. providers start putting up paywalls for content <laughs> and so then that creates this massive uh, almost social justice esque kind yeah. of movement that, to take place and I, I mean this for me at least I was thinking like oh 
So this is this is how cinema officially dies. Like with nerds doing one big circle <laughs> jerk. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. People are literally living in the pod, eating the bugs and uh, staying in the oasis. They have like, pods within the pods, Grift. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they have preferential pods, which are double wide trailers that they just stack onto rebar fences, basically. And then they have like the evil pods where a company is just allowed to have indentured Amazon servants that live in giant eggs or whatever, you know. So it, it is weird because it's obviously a small little prison. I'm sure it's very bad, but it also looks a lot like a cryogenic chamber that like LeBron sleeps in to preserve his youth so he can get ready for the next season. So uh, it was, again, a Space Jam feeling to me. I, I believe the correct nomenclature is uh, Amazon indentured servants. Oh, in I'm place. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it, it's just funny that the, the criticism that Spielberg has of like, oh, man, can you imagine this company that is trying to fill everything with ad space? Anyway, at the opening shot of this movie, I'm going to have Pizza Hut deliver a, via drone some oh food God. off to people. It, yeah, it's, it's so fucking ghoulish because you can obviously see that this is a very unequal world. Like this is full, like neoliberal anarcho-capitalism, like run amok. Because you have you have both like the inequality in the the difference between like uh, the elite people running this this company and these uh, the the fastest growing city in the U.S. is like a st uh, stacked trailer park in Columbus, Ohio. I, I gotta uh, do a little bit of pushback, Grift, uh, on the the idea because there certainly is systemic inequality that takes yeah. place. But the rich people, we need to keep in mind, all of these people look and dress like they're in fucking office space. Oh, they're yeah. not like the lavish rich people because all of their actual resources are getting funneled back into this fucking game because that's the only yeah. thing that matters yeah and it's and, and the game is fundamentally unequal too because you the if you have uh better more money within the game you can buy more stuff and then you have a chance to compete for the ultimate prizes and it's like you 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 see the same Cycles but that's the way the game is originally built. Yeah, we, we can't throw ads into this experience. That oh, would that would be no, too that's, negative. That's that's a bridge too far. Um, but like <laughs> your um, your 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 note about how the the you know elite corporate villains of this just dress like you know just suits. Um, it's basically like the the sort of DNA of the sort of like eighty Spielberg movie, where a lot of, a lot of those movies like. Um, and also, like within the, the the nostalgia that's referenced within this movie, like a lot of those had anti corporate messages. Like that was that was sort of a a boogeyman at the time that the the media products was sort of play off of. So I thought it was both the fact that they were using that villain trope combined with just the like the fact that you're focusing on this like this pop culture social justice game when this this world like this material world that they live in is deeply fucked and it yeah. just it everybody's basically completely given up on changing that so all we have left is to fight about uh the amount of paywalling and if you're making like genuine cultural references because you actually you actually have a real appreciation for the source material 70s and 80s cultural references you know let, let's yeah. be clear here nothing there's no reference to like a politician 
version from 2035 or whatever. You know, like it's all stuff that's talking about the last starfighter and all this other fucking bullshit. I mean, I, I think the movie is fundamentally broken in a in a weird way, but one of the things I really wanted to highlight from the beginning is that this is a Steven Spielberg movie. And like Steven Spielberg somehow while while this era of pop culture was being so vibrant, the 70s, 80s uh, pop culture was taking place. He was already middle aged. He has no <laughs> childhood nostalgia for mm. this kind of shit. Like he was he had already made Jaws. He was working on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He was the tastemaker for these consumers that are that are, were eating all of the shit up. So when he is making something he is not looking at it from a sense of starry-eyed fondness and nostalgia. Mm. He's thinking about like, oh, yeah, that was George who was running second unit when that scene was shot. I remember we had to tr do that on the fourth take because the boom mic was showing blah, blah, blah. Like that. That's how his mind has processed these pieces of art because he's been there for the whole process of it. And, yeah. So, so it's sort of like an act of like self-canonization, like because he's making you know he's he's like uh pre pretty much like like deifying these cultural touchstones that he had a hand in but then he's the one making the um the the sort the piece another piece of media that's done in this same style big budget action movie you know with the with with, with the um classic same story and, and music and, and beats to it but it's all about appreciating the things that he played a hand in. It's it, it's just how many how many levels of like recursive self circle jerk can we go here? Well, yeah, I thought that was a great point about the nostalgia time period being off, and it reminded me um, to prepare for this. I I revisited some of the early Spielberg canon, and um, one of my most favorite rewatches was the first Indiana Jones, and. Mm -hmm. I learned something very interesting about that on this rewatch that Indiana Jones is Spielberg's sort of nostalgia project for the 1930s, like serial films that Correct. he and yeah. George Lucas grew up on. So that, yeah. It, and to, that's what he loves. He wants to make more exactly. movies like that. He wants to, and now that he's older, he wants to make movies like the fucking post the and, post. you know, whatever <laughs> other Tom Let's Hanks go. starring vehicle he can, he can get, you know, um, and the the only note I wanted to add about this this movie is that uh, a couple of previous episodes we've talked about how there's a director and then there's a second unit. Well, the way that this movie seemed to work specifically was, of course, Spielberg was the main director and he was the one who shot a lot of the scenes that existed in the real world. However, the the virtual world, the Oasis, that was all done by Industrial Light and Magic, and it has an entirely different cinematography style to it and the inclusion of various other uh aspects uh, and you know pop culture references all of that was done in rendering in fact he got done filming the actual movie of ready player one then made the and filmed the post did all of the post production for That's the right. post That's right. in the time that then it took uh ready player one to render and uh spielberg's main notes on the oasis world was actually trying to omit many references to his own work because he felt like it was too circle jerky uh and mm. so they were having to replace things 
what what I yeah no that's so interesting you say that because I was wondering like why wouldn't Spielberg want like there's the the Tyrannosaurus Rex of course from Jurassic Park that we yeah, see but what, other than that there's not like a whole lot of standouts from his his great hits and I was wondering and so I I was researching it and I learned that I don't know if I haven't seen this but his early flop from like the 70s 1941 apparently. Yeah. He, underrated what, i actually really it, enjoy okay, that movie okay yeah. it's i i would like to see it but um what i what i read was that that movie pokes fun at jaws and his first film duel and mm-hmm. that because 1941 was so poorly received he with this movie did not want to revisit any of his old movies because yeah he, he just couldn't he's it, it seems like he's still shook from 1941's reception which, yeah, and- and he and he really pulled his punches on any sort of um, uh, cheeky reference to how ridiculous the whole endeavor is. Like if if this had been like 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 a self aware um, winking at the camera tone, I, th- I think it could. Yeah. I, I I think it could have been had a, had a had a lot better message, but it's just what? completely <laughs> completely blinkered and t- turns into like a a, a like treating um, respect for pop culture references on the level of like social justice activism. Yeah. It it feels incredibly neutered because the other direction that I felt like in several scenes that this movie wanted to go in was uh, much in the same way that Spielberg did Indiana Jones. And then he did kingdom of the crystal skull, which was a poor man's version of, of the older movies. I felt like he really wanted to try and deliver a similar message to Minority Report in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, talking mm-hmm. about the dangers of technology and this, it's a cautionary tale in a lot of aspects. Only he's too old and he's a grandpa. <laughs> and, you know, he, like the, the ending message of like, well, hey, everyone, just go out and touch grass two times a week. Like, yeah. fuck you. Come on, Tuesdays guys. Tuesdays and like, Thursdays, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you heard it here. It, that's the new weekend. That's the you new know, weekend. It's it's the yeah. it's recreating the same patterns. Like oh you you, right, you have right. it's it's assumed that you're going to spend five days in the oasis because that's your work and right, all of right. like that's that's and then but you uh, don't get two days off. Fuck you. No, no yeah. <laughs> it's like the restaurant the industry. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta oh work God. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm sorry, but we can give you Tuesday and Thursday off. Uh, um grift on on your note of sort of like it would have been interesting if spielberg had done more to take this in a different direction with um some self-referential humor or like breaking the fourth wall it reminded me that this i mean this movie is full of cringe but there's this one (laughs) terrible moment when i believe it's around halfway through when artemis is kidnapped and taken to be a an indentured servant to pay off her family's debt or whatever. Her suicide. And they're like, no, yeah, you still gotta yeah, pay. You still gotta pay off his debt. <laughs> Your you guys, wow tokens or oh. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys recall when the kidnapper does this like breaking the fourth wall moment and like looks directly into the camera and like it just falls so fucking flat. Like it seems like they're trying to do some sort of like yeah, like yeah. self-reflexive type of it, humor, but it, or, it was actually right. It, but, it was but, actually when she looked at the camera for me that I went, "Holy shit, that's Olivia Cook. That's the the female lead in Sound of Metal." Oh, good for that, her. I'm, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad I'm she sad, got oh better God. better things going on then. 
Uh, yeah. So, sorry, I got distracted by that because that was the no, first time. No, no, I, I know the, that was the horrible disfigurement <laughs> that she has in this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Completely distracted me. You know That's what a right. hideous thing. I I'm amazed that this didn't get an, uh, an Oscar nom for best makeup. Just oh, how they did that, that monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, we need we, we need a best best. We need a new Oscar category: uh, best makeup special effects. <laughs> Just just for this, you know, uh, it's uh, one of those po- uh, posthumous awards, I think, that we can. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have like fully digital influencers now, so it's it's not far off, I imagine. Uh, it, you know, I, I know at some point I've experimented with the idea of as we review more and more garbage movies to uh, do a spoof of the Cannes f- uh, Film Festival, but calling it the Trash huh? Can Film Festival. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> but uh that that might be a category that we that we have to explore then grift so we'll we'll make a note of that uh, you for would the have future. to uh you would have to figure out a way to like brand yourself separately from the razzies is that what oh, they're yeah, called yeah <laughs> yeah uh I, how is it going to be different uh we won't let pedophiles accept the awards okay <laughs> we will take a strong stance against that the All razzies right, has been silent for too long uh, <laughs> cancel the razzies yeah um the the other thing I, I wanted to mention just before uh we dive into the actual recap here uh talking about the brain trust that helped make this movie was that the cinematography was done by a uh collaborator with spielberg uh it's the guy named janice kaminsky who had done like saving private ryan and schindler's mm. list among other uh other classic spielberg movies and uh that is very apparent again in the real world scenes with how it's shot but uh, it, it mm. really makes the the special effects of uh, the virtual world and the spinning camera angles and everything else seem much more jarring than uh, uh, you right. can tell that right. it doesn't have that same style. Um, and the the, uh, the the reason for that, just in case anyone is wondering at home, uh, yes, I did look up and see who the second director was. And uh, do you want to know what the second director did, Grift? Do you what? want to know, Mamba? Want to guess what some of the movies that the second unit director is responsible for? Uh, I'm scared. All right. Rogue One, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Doctor Strange, and Captain America Civil War. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. I wonder I wonder yep. why that, that huge CGI battle at the end looked like looked like a knockoff like Avengers <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty depressing, I think. But uh, it, it does kind of specialize, or uh, not specialize. It does kind of highlight again some of the differences here uh, between the cinematic stylings. Do, do you guys remember the 2007 adaptation of Beowulf that was like half yes. CGI? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, it had oh, yeah. Some Roy of the, Winston, I think, Roy, is it, be- yeah, and then it, it was. It, uh, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie all, of course, all gold up, as Grendel's all, mother. All gold, everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the what you were saying about the you know shocking and tragic differences in style really reminded me of that movie. I I haven't seen it since it came out. I don't know how you're it a better would hold man up, for it. So I, yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. 
get, getting back into the early English lit lit uh, lore. <laughs> this is true, Griffs. This is true. <laughs> we we can start doing. I don't know. I, I'm sure if we look up, I bet you there's like a Beowulf mini series that's being filmed. It's like dark and gritty and set in the modern world. Right. Uh, you know. Right. I, I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Like Grindel is probably like a computer virus. Something I don't know. I'm pitching ideas out. If they seem like shitty ideas, just give them to Warner I mean, Bros. Because they'll for sure greenlight it. So, or if you got a twenty four and David Lowry oh, behind yeah. it, you know, could go a twenty four's Beowulf would fucking rip. Would rip. <laughs> oh, that would that would slap. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be a bunch of Germans and then like one slightly overly blonde guy. They're like that mm-hmm. dude's Grendel. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> there were there would definitely be some sort of like incest storyline with like Ooh, I was, and I was mother. Like I was just gonna say there, there there's a lot of uh like yeah Oedipal uh male female dynamics at play there for sure. Jesus that A A twenty four would have some some field day with <laughs> Wasn't there a book called like I Am Grindle or something? Am I am I misremembering that it was like in the early aughts whatever i couldn't be convinced it, we, we are talking and pitching much much better movies than the one that we currently experience so uh i think it's probably time to to dive into what this movie is actually all about so if we are ready let's Oof. uh let's set our uh, imaginations off let's journey into the distant world of 2045 where due to a bunch of just different shit uh a lot of earth cities have become slums and so everyone retreats into this virtual world that we've referenced called the Oasis. And it lets you be anything you want. And uh, it, it's a very cool, very slick world, whereas the real world is shot on film and is slightly grainy. This is all digitized. So it's very smooth and it kind of helps uh, highlight the differences as things go on throughout. Um would y'all want to participate in the Oasis if given the chance? Oh, I mean, if it was there, I know it would be a slippery slope because then, you know, you I there you can you can set up so many pop up shops there. You can. I would never they would leave. Be real. They would be real shops, Grift. I, so. I, would, I would be selling like uh, NFT merch to all the Oasis users. <laughs> and then and then I get uh, canceled for destroying the environment. <laughs> yes, yes. How, how could you? Meanwhile, uh, IOI has just bulldozed the new Amazon that is in Antarctica. Endangering the world warming. of Oasis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Oasis was made by this guy named Halliday, and uh, when when he died, he announced a contest where there are these Easter eggs uh, or there's an Easter egg that's hidden in the game and you need three keys to try and find it. And the winner of, of this Easter egg hunt would receive full ownership and control of Oasis, which is like a multi-trillion dollar company at this point in time. And... Um, we find out later that Halliday's intended message uh, is that po- the pop culture that exists uh, from his childhood and that he put into the game might be cool, but it's really the outside world that's valuable. And I had an immediate fix to this movie, and I wanted to get y'all's feedback mm-hmm, on this. Because mm-hmm. like from mm-hmm. the get-go, I had an idea that I think could potentially fix the world. Uh, how about you ditch... 
as Griff mentioned, the, the Willy Wonka shtick and nonsense set inside the Oasis and actually hide the keys in the real world at the specific locations that inspired the classic pop culture bits. So, for example, instead of going into the virtual world of the shining you could go into the hotel that inspired the mm-hmm. shining the actual or, fucking overlook hotel that exists in hotel. deep space that's a real fucking place yeah it's and you could have place. booby traps and things in there that you can do the exact same set piece sequences but it can just be set in the real world instead of like oh my god oh everything's happening all at once virtually oh let me take off my helmet here everything's fine Great. Pokemon Just- Go touch grass. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> It, it just seemed like that would be a, a better movie, at least in my opinion. Well, it um, would make the message feel more congruent with the film's actual content. Yeah, and I also think that it would be something probably more in line with what Spielberg uh, probably would feel more comfortable with. Like, I know that he did several key differences between this movie and the book, most notably starting in the second act where he really kind of mm. had the focus oh. be on the real characters as they're bouncing around in the real world. Whereas the book is pretty much all about Percival and our main character, uh, Wayne Watts or Wade Watts. I'm sorry. I, I also, I don't know if you guys looked into this, but I read that the book instead of um, the shining being the film of feature that they go into Blade Runner. Which yeah, that makes, makes sense. a lot more sense. That makes way more sense. I oh, mean, yeah, th- that's that's one of like th- this oasis world. This this concept of this you know fully realized um, uh, second second life, basically like that's stolen from. I mean, it's. It's just a tragedy that we don't get a like a Neuromancer movie or a Snow Crash movie or <laughs> just the better properties that this entire concept is used to deliver this ghoulish message. Like it's oh, like it just watching this made me sad. We can't get an actually, you know, uh, well, well-funded adaptation of of, you know, yeah. much, much better properties that this book originally ripped off itself and it's not because studios are smart if studios were smart they would realize oh hey so the past like four movies that we've released all had like 200 million dollar budgets so they all failed to crack 50 million at the box office maybe we should for at least a year and a half or two years pump the brakes and start bringing back mid-budget 35 million dollar projects and then you know you could possibly explore the creative boundaries with slightly lesser known stories and cultivate a new sense of IP during this time. But no, they're not going to take that message at all. We're going to get like conjuring five. It's going to fucking suck. And you know, you know what I also saw that's I'm still just shook over is that (laughs) Spielberg tried to, uh, he wanted, apparently um, he wanted to reference close encounters, but he couldn't get the rights to his own movie. That's goddamn Columbia right. Pictures. <laughs> and he, so, and he, that was the same <laughs> problem with um, Blade Runner. Couldn't get the mm-hmm. rights. And then bec- I guess he and Kubrick were buddies and The Shining yeah. made more sense. But yep. Yeah. It, it this, is amazing uh, h- how that goes. So yeah, this, this motherfucker don't even own his own masters. <laughs> you, go oh, ahead. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I'm slightly different. Um, topic here but on your note of you know how to make the movie better i was thinking like 
I, I do like your idea of, of running this in the real world. And, you know, I could totally picture the shots of Colorado and the Overlook Hotel. But, it, yeah, I mean, if he was going to explore his own movies, um, I know, you know, 1941 is a sour note in Spielberg's past, but I just feel like this could have worked so much better if all the references were to things like Jaws, to Indiana Jones, to E.T., you know, and like it, it, more emotion would be involved yeah. with the movie. Like that nostalgia would be there. It seemed like Spielberg might actually. I what don't if know, it was like set entirely it. in like modern era Spielberg, where they're like, oh wow, the the scene, the plot of Farmland where Lincoln was filmed. This ah. is amazing. <laughs> this oh. is amazing. <laughs> That's the era of Spielberg that really took off in this world. Not or like the, the fun eighties uh, thing <laughs> or the Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! This is the bridge from oh, Bridge of Spies. The, Dare I say Munich? Dare I oh. say Munich? <laughs> oh, Munich would actually be pretty dope. That like, would be so dark. That would uh, be so how dark. do we have to get this key? Well, there are six Olympic athletes. I mean, we have <laughs> to need- take out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. or, or you know what? What I could totally see though on that note is catch me if you can. They could be. They could sort yes. of run along with the whole plot and look for keys along the way. Yeah, I, and I, yeah, again, I know that we're basically making. Yeah. I mean, we're making a much better movie, but unfortunately, it's not Ready Player One. But I mm-hmm. also think that mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to speak for all of us, but we are on the younger side, just like Spielberg is on the older side for this '80s nostalgia, like mm-hmm. the '70s mm-hmm. and '80s nostalgia is like, oh, this is like what our parents were into. And like this is like uh, what our parents were like. I can't. Whoa! This is blowing my mind. Whereas like in our in our heads, Drew Barrymore has always been like a fully grown woman, and not mm-hmm. like the adorable little child from from ET. ET. Yeah, you know. Like we had we had talked about the disconnect when we did the the Fear Street episode, where like those were adapting properties uh, written in like the late '80s, early '90s. So it was like a Gen X audience, but it's being produced now as like a and and a uh, media property made for and marketed to like zoomers. And like, this is this, this came out in like, what, like 2016, 2017, something 2018. And, actually. Oh, 20, 2018. Okay. Yeah, so it was filmed in 2016, but again, yeah. the rendering took so long. Yeah. So, so and, and it's like, obviously it's playing on some certain, you know, Gen Z tropes about the, the disconnect between your online persona and your, uh, actual meat space body and stuff, but it completely doesn't go into those because this is this is a movie made for the people who would be nostalgic about the properties that it references. Like, yeah, the, this the, is the, older millennial type shit. Yeah, really. yeah, like no younger kid is gonna have a like an emotional attack attraction to like The Shining. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah they, like the- they don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't like. That's not something that's like deeply embedded in their sort of pop culture sensibilities. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb here, Grift. I would say that we're on the fringe group for the fucking Iron Giant. Like the Iron Ooh, Giant was yeah. for our demographic, right. Right. but I I think that that's like even kind of a reach. Like anything that's older right. than the Iron Giant is probably you know uh, something that like we might have secondhand nostalgia for, or like oh I remember watching that on my TV with my parents or what what. Yeah, I, I love, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and then they had the the Iron Giant do the Terminator thumb. 
When oh, it like my Terminator God. 2 like it's just completely random mashup of references makes no sense that they're just throwing <laughs> shit at the wall because they can for something that the one of the very very deep messages of this thing is that reverence and respect for like the pop culture signifiers that shaped who you are and your media consumption and like your sense of self mm. like that's very important like and being true to that is very important so let's just throw together as many random references and combine <laughs> them in as many ways as we can that's that's how we show show true respect to like these the, the these classic nostalgic properties like <laughs> yes by, you, um, by treating products like it is not just art but is it is part of your personality like you it's guys, part of um, who you are <laughs> just i just wanted to mention you, you from what i gathered from your show you guys often talk about algorithm generated content yeah. and uh, oh boy, that, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, the random cultural mismatch, mismatches, um, even I would say, I don't know about you, but as soon as I heard Jump, uh, the Van Halen song, open yeah, this year, what the yeah. fuck? I, I knew I had a bad feeling about this, I had because I, I got scared. I got scared, and then the, um, we're not gonna take it. it. Yeah, the, the Hall and Oates song that ends. Oh it. I mean, my it's god! Just yes, so, it's just like an algorithm picked random hits from the eighties. You know, threw them into the soundtrack, and and it's a shame because the soundtrack is by Al- Alvin Silvestri, is mm-hmm. I believe how you pronounce it, who did Back to the Future and. Yes. I mean, I think maybe this would have felt more Spielberg if John Williams could have done the score, but oh my he god. Had a, he had a, what a shame. conflict because I think I think he was working on the post legitimately. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> but no, that that should let us know where our priorities are. Spielberg was like, "Okay, so I can get John Williams on either The Post or Ready Player <laughs> 1." All right. <laughs> We're doing the post, baby. Souls, souls. Yeah, they, yeah, they have they have a true poster soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um and well, Meryl one Streep thing, deserves the the finest score. Now, sure, yeah. You know, <laughs> let, let's, let, let, let's dive into the the Meryl Streep and you know, I, I think she's a fine actor, and uh, uh, I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's it. That's it. That, that I think that's <laughs> all. That's all the, the, the book on Meryl Streep. Thing. Yeah, that's like, all we gotta say. That's all we gotta that's say. All she wrote. Make all some room wrote. for Glenn Close. <laughs> how, how, can that be my hot take? Like enough Meryl Streep. We have moved past the need for Meryl Streep. Oh, um, to be clear, I, I didn't mean that as a, necessarily a pro Meryl Streep comment. I just I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> on the record i am meryl streep agnostic on the record i am not a street truther yeah. by any means by any means uh, i i would love it by the way like if meryl streep we found out that like she scrolled through hateful twitter comments and you know various things the same way that like kevin durant or kanye does oh yeah just like on, using on it for burner, fuel on a burner account yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> going to bat for her performances like right, i think right. she killed it as that random english butler movie where she played an irish person yeah. yeah. Well, we we already know that studios like run ve- like uh, very obvious like bought alt accounts to hype up certain media products. 
Like whenever, whenever you see like some account that has like zero followers uh, doing a post about Space Jam 2 that went viral. Like, you know, yeah. you know, something's up. Something is up. <laughs> and it's always something like my three year old love this movie. I would say it's great for all the kids. And, you know, slightly imperfect grammar. It, it's a joy. Did, did you guys see that Spielberg says that this is the third hardest movie that he's ever made? I believe I think, it. Right. I, after, I don't know the other. T- I know Saving Private Ryan is one of them. But Jaws. Jaws has to be. Jaws, the Jaws other. has to be the other one. Right. Yeah. Right. But oh, and my God. This wanted to quit making movies because of Jaws. He, so. he, really, he really he really put his blood, sweat, and tears into Ready Player One. <laughs> Which is really, I think, more indicative of anything else. Of like, this is him trying. Let's, you know, yeah. that that's the this isn't relate, him selling out. This right, is him right. trying his best to come up with like a, a a serious, soulful message from pop culture bullshit nonsense. And if it doesn't work, <laughs> that just means that he's lost his touch. And that's okay. Again, he's a grandpa. It's fine. He go make the BFG two or whatever <laughs> fucking thing you want to do instead, Spielberg. It's okay. Um because I mean, like it, it, I know Griff, you it talked about the the company uh, IOI is what yeah. it's called, uh, Innovative Online Industries. Um, wow the 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 company <laughs> the bad name. guys in this movie <laughs> are some of just the la- the lamest most one note things. The the bad guy is is just basically an evil nerd is kind of like what we're supposed to think but also like maybe he actually isn't in it for the love of the game but he's like a soulless corporate goon but he still has a password that's b055 man 69 i forgot about that yeah like, uh. he was he was like the type of guy so it, notice how his in-game av- is in Oasis Avatar was basically Giga Chad. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. Like, that, right, that's right. that's the sort of uh, like just basic corporate villain we're dealing with here. Um, they he he has some probably surface level knowledge of it because he's in the industry, but like when that scene where he was having to be fed all of the pop culture references from his team in the back oh room, they God. like just oh like God. they like the fact that they have like from like, the Sixers people people who study people <laughs> like it is an entire job to study like another a, a dead person's like like um pop culture reference like mind archive it's it's insanity uh you're right because it's it's what the logical i guess conclusion of there being so many cottage industries surrounding pop culture would become is that these are basically trivia pursuit nerds just fucking uh going to the nth degree on everything and then trying to feed people the the right answers for things um now, as an avid letterbox user, I must say I appreciate the fact that James Holiday kept track of every single movie that he ever watched. Oh god, day, fuck that. Yeah. Proto proto letterbox, we gotta respect it. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the Shining, his eleventh favorite horror movie. What? Also, why eleventh? What are the ten yeah. other movies? What are the ten yeah. other guys? Yeah. The reason that Letterbox hasn't uh, launched a DM feature is that they're too busy like working on their like artificial reality. Like, I'm like, waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. You know it's what? going to. It's going to happen. I can see it. I can see it, Griffs. Yeah, 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 I, like, I mean, before I forget, I feel like we have to talk about like the main character of this movie, uh, yeah. uh, Wade, Wade Watts, right? <laughs> Wade Owen Watts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, the seventeen-year-old, uh, the the teen prodigy, sp- the special boy. You see, whose uh, who's, uh, initials spell wow. Yeah, yeah, I gained that. Talk about that. That that was that was real popular, and Uh, wow is definitely still popular. Uh huh. Wow, wow. Wow. How great! I I mean, like you couldn't have at least Owen Wilson play his alcoholic, abusive stepdad just to get in a quick wow. Anyway, a little Um, bit of character depth. Yeah, yeah. his his home situation was just so like so surface level. And mm-hmm. then doesn't well, it wasn't even, surface level. I mean, just on a, like, yeah. I needed a 15 his, minute tangent into like the marital issues between right, his right. aunt and the abusive uh, partner. Yeah. Like, well, the, yeah, the, that was his aunt, right? That you said he was living yes. with. Like, and yeah, before she, she got drunk. She just straight. got blown up. And he yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. No one yeah. cares. There's no, just, no emotional register to any of this stuff. Just off. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it keep, keep the movie rolling, folks. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not rolling with a cool cast of characters. He's a member of the resistance and they're driving it around in a USPS truck because isn't that just a delightful like bit of boomer brain? Boomer like, brain. Yeah. Society yeah. is collapsing, but the postal service is still operational <laughs> yeah. in it's some capacity. Here. And then right, the, right. The, the, the cops are still here to come lock the bad guy up at the end. Oh my like, fucking god! Like, oh. Yeah, like I don't want to jump ahead that far, but just no, it's the, fine. We absolutely yeah. can. Yeah, because the, the cause, fucking ridiculousness of this this burned out shell of a society where people are living in like trailers stacked like a hundred levels high, and then just the, to 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 take out the the final corporate bad guy who just like has a gun in front of a crowd of people. Just the cops roll up, and it's literally lo- looks like just a. a a contemporary uh, local police force. Yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> it, like, it, it looked like fuck? campus police, even. Yeah, 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 like, no, like less, less militarized than, than what's going on right now. Hey, uh, AOC uh, is doing great work in the future as a senator in New York. Okay, come on. Uh, Paul Blair, Mall Cop, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> See, those are the references that they could have been making to appeal to us, yeah. you know. Um, but no, I, yeah, I mean, again, the, that the plot of this movie is painfully bland and so i don't think we we need to give it any sort of gravitas by running into it it's like (laughs) oh there's an evil company here's our young protagonist he meets a wacky group of characters they're able to fucking solve puzzles one of the puzzles though was the fact that like he figured out how to drive backwards and then five fucking years <laughs> not a years. single gamer nobody figured this shit yeah. out yeah yeah that would have been the first week someone yeah. would have let their three-year-old fucking try to play they <laughs> right. would have fucked up and then found it out like good point 
it's just unreal. And and I mean, this is a trillion dollar game. Everyone, (laughs) billions of people are playing this game (laughs) for five years, and he is the first one to think, "Hey, you know how Kong kills everyone? Well, what if I just went backwards? Whoa!" Oh, uh, this this is there, cool. There's your Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> I'm such a special boy. I can't wait for Artemis to now suck my dick. Great. Yeah. yeah oh, this also, this is cool. I mean, on the like on the topic of like surface level, like, can we talk about how like this movie raised the point of like, oh, uh, you're developing this emotional emotional attraction to this thing that's just an avatar. You don't know what their their meat space, sex, gender, body is is like. And then it just turns out that the hot girl in the game who's into him turns out to be a hot girl in real life. Yes. Wow. Like, yes. It's who like, also uh, lives in Columbus. You Let's... you could have yeah <laughs> you 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 could have done there are like. It, you could have done so much subversion with that. I mean, it, this movie has well, no interest in doing that. But no, it's, it's otherwise just we get the, the fucking what? Black Mirror episode where it's the two bros in the Mortal Kombat game. I, was end gonna, up just, yeah, I, yeah. I thought of that while watching this. <laughs> and also, I beg to differ on the subversion because they totally nail it when Lena Waithe ends up being the H character. Mind, mind blowing. And, oh, and, yeah. And, I'm, and, I'm and we're not going to being sarcastic. We're not even going to explore like <laughs> yeah. the example yeah. of like yeah, why a black yeah. lesbian person might not want to present as black or lesbian in an online space with gamer culture. Weird. Uh, we're going to gloss right on over we're gonna that. We're going to gloss right over it. And yeah. it's too bad because Lena Waithe is a great actress. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, there are a lot of great actors in this movie, and there's also Ty Sheridan, which and there's you Ty know, Sheridan, yeah, fucking Cyclops from the X Men movies. Also, like, I, I I just realized that the guy who plays the the, the main corporate villain in this uh, is the guy who gets his uh, neck snapped by Bane in Dark yeah. Rises. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Do you yep. feel in charge? <laughs> <laughs> I know he like, was in the Netflix show Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I recognized him from. I mean, he was the bad guy in Rogue One. He was the sheriff of Nottingham and that awful Robin Hood movie. Like, <laughs> there, there's there's a lot of like other things that he's kind of popped up in from uh he, for like here and there basically. But uh, the most important thing is like he knows that he can play a bad guy. Like he, I don't think has ever tried to be like a leading man in any way and Mm -hmm. from an acting perspective like the second there was a casting call for need a geeky kind of nerdy evil ceo he's like ah well all right time to do the old razzle dazzle in the casting auditions let's go fucking get this for the old ben dog and he's great in bloodline i mean you know another guy another actor with the chops just not a great script or content however you want to put it to to work with he is incredibly rich and he's also australian so i'm i'm having only like the smallest bit of pity for him it, right uh, right right it, it's like oh oh I, again he like especially with his acting style i i also know like he he's already older for an actor but like he can probably get, be getting these roles well into like his mid 70s you know like that that specific character type so 
it, it's nice. Uh, Grift, I did have a thought, though, talking about like, oh, the police are showing up. Why would they be arresting the CEO? Well, yeah. it's because police are the servants of capital, as we know, Grift. And um, uh, Wade, after he wins the contest and he gets the Easter egg, becomes head of a trillion dollar company. Yeah. And so they serve him. And so then uh, when the trillionaire wants to get rid of the billionaires, that's that's actually why they're they're trying to exact justice. Right yeah, the, so. the the way to overthrow our, our corporate overlords is to put uh, each company in the hands of five gamers. <laughs> yeah. That's going to uh, solve high, all our problems. The like, high did, five. The high five. Yeah, the high five. Yeah. <laughs> Please respect the, the brilliant name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, again, I know uh, off mic, we were talking a little bit about the sequel, Ready Player Two. Um, there is a group in the sequel book called the low five and Ooh. yeah oh, God damn it. oh yeah there oh, we yeah. go it's, here we go it's, yeah but we won't dive into it too much <laughs> I, i'm just i'm still thinking about the idea of five gamers taking control like we just got all of this activision and blizzard controversy news and mm. the frat boy culture and sexual harassment nature so um i i think you know that Everything would be totally fine if Oasis went to the hands of five nerds and uh, uh, nothing, nothing at all would go uh, wrong. Nothing problematic goes down. No, yeah, no. I, haven't, I haven't been following the Blizzard stuff. I've just seen it like tangentially on the timeline. But like it, what, just whenever people are shocked by this shit, like, oh, my God, a, a uh, gaming tech company has a bro culture. What? Like, like they, this is this is horrible. Like, how we? we <laughs> How could this be? How, How could, could this, this be? Yeah, like <laughs> it's like we are oh the children God. of the Xbox lobbies. You refuse to close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <just> <laughs> oh man, it's it's just uh, this movie frustrates me on on, on so many levels. <laughs> the, in our chat uh, again, uh, as we're we're leading up into this project, you echoed the uh, the last line of this movie of uh reality is the only thing that's real like oh oh isn't oh, that boy. just isn't that great guys that uh, the real world is the stuff that's important you know the n the real world not the virtual world which has a real world worth of trillions of dollars and generates billions of dollars per, per financial quarter no 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 um it's it's the real world right it's your, the your only shitty place, double uh, wide where you can get a decent meal <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm resubscribing to R dash. I'm 14, and and this is deep. I I know we've been bouncing around a lot, but I am just eager to address T.J. Miller's character. I, yeah, yeah. It's amazing <laughs> and, that we we've uh, just gotten around to, to T.J. Miller. Can we uh, talk about him a little bit? And yes, some of his yes. Lines? Um, please, please. Avatars are gonna be on him like hose on Santa. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like peak ooh, silicon ooh. valley tj miller pre-controversy right, right. pre when they were like you just riff and we'll animate <laughs> your scary ass character saying into a, into a scary quote-unquote bounty hunter like yeah what <laughs> what it, it's very scary in the like pg-13 science fiction high fantasy 
kind of thing, you know. They, um, they also have him. Uh, I sorry to interrupt. No, um, go go oh, for just, it. Just uh, yeah, I, the the moment where he said he does the "It's a Wonderful Life" reference with "No man is a failure who has friends" at the end, and just trying to drive some, you know, very just uh, <laughs> wowing content home to the audience and. It, I was too distracted by the fact that when he got vaporized, just all of the gold and silver, like a mountain came out from the loot drop. So uh, I I felt like that was a a nice touch. Good ending of the character. But yeah, I mean, you know, um, talk about algorithm written. Yeah, it it was just kind of like, well, we need someone to be quippy. Who can we get right now? Who's in our Rolodex? Who's hot? Who's hot? Yep. Yeah, uh, who's, and, who's who's popping in 2016? <laughs> and the answer, by the way, that it should have been as it continues to be, is just cast Ryan Reynolds instead. Sure, sure. Just you know, like I, it's a, it's a anyone, free guy. It's a free guy. He's yeah. a free guy. <laughs> yeah. See, and for anyone wondering, like, well, why are we talking about Ready Player One when uh, normally we're covering you know Free Guy? <laughs> or whatever a new movie would be. Uh, Ready Player One is written by Ernest Klein, uh, mm. the, the guy who wrote the book, as well as Zach Penn, who wrote Free Guy. Who wrote Free so, Guy. Makes yeah, a lot of know, sense. That's, it shares a lot of the same DNA in it. And uh, th- this just seemed like a, a fun movie for us to, to be covering right now. Um, it, it, it just is a shame that it was this movie as the result. Because it, it felt... probably like the studio was saying no we have to be faithful to the book because the book was a phenomenon and i i hope the studios will take a lesson here and if you are trying to make a franchise out of a single book that has a sequel coming soon let the sequel book come out see Mm. if the sequel book has legs because it will show just how much the audience has aged on this particular property or not. And uh, the fact that Ready Player One was this like big, almost meme of a success probably is the right word for mm-hmm. it. it. It captured the zeitgeist for like six to eight months, and then it dropped off. And when it dropped off, it dropped off hard because the, the sequel book wasn't well received. This movie, d- I mean... People like the special effects, I guess, but oh no, I didn't. I didn't have a good time uh, with it. I actually was enjoying this until uh, maybe that's too strong of a word. I was entertained until the whole Planet Doom battle goes down, and that's when the just smorgasbord of pop cultural references just started to feel painful, and like I, <laughs> I had to pause this. I had to leave the room. Like I, I, I was getting angry. Like I, it I all went scared. downhill. I got, I got scared and had to leave. It's like and a it was, dog when fireworks are going but, off. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, I, no. I thank think, you. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I think this had this has potential as a project. It had potential, but the they just let the algorithm do too much. Yeah. The, the one the one scene like just there's one thing that's been sticking in my mind after this this rewatch of it was that scene where um Parzival was talking with the the um corporate villain being like uh they're tr- trying to see whether he actually you know had true respect for the pop culture references oh my god and then, the bullshit test right right yeah, right and and the, the 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 bullshit test and then just the the delivery of Parzival's line like I I love John Hughes. 
like oh, just what, was, something, what the was, hell was that it, what it was, was that it was so overwrought and i i just i cracked up but like yeah. it's just it, it's feeling more and more disturbing the more i think about it because it's just applying this oh level of like of like uh, emotional resonance to your love for pop cultural e- ephemera it's it's yeah. insane it's like especially <laughs> well, with like with like the line delivery by the cgi character john yes. didn't yeah. do fast times at ridgemont high like i yeah. i yeah. know my pop culture i am a human yeah. yeah john hughes had a cultural and artistic muse and molly ringwald an underage girl yeah, yeah. nothing weird about that <laughs> I love John Hughes. <laughs> I stand by everything and think it's a totally normal working relationship that could exist today. Just directly Oof. looking at the camera uh, the entire time. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. This movie, it seemed, um, I, I mean, the best way, at least probably for me to to explain it would be it feels like it's a snake eating its own tail Mm -hmm. because like it's a movie Mm -hmm. that's based on a book that's based on movies comics video games and it just throws so many reference i mean references is too strong a word like when you're talking about the 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 doom planet and all the references they're not even really references they're They're like (laughs) split second cameos uh, like, oh, wow, Sonic is tapping his foot. Oh, no, that's Sonic. Yep, you see that for two seconds. You see Battletoads right. for half or a the, second. The bike from Akira. Like, Yeah, I mean, it, great, cool, I, I suppose. Um, in, in typical fashion, it is just seems to feel like it is skins thrown on top of overly generic Mm -hmm. things and that's kind of how i feel about this movie it's a very generic movie with the skin of nerdy pop culture thrown on top of it and we're supposed to think like oh well that's character development or oh this Mm -hmm. is a unique shot and it's not it all just kind of falls into that gray muddled pool and this, fails in my mind. And, it, and it's also just like an insult to the original uh, properties themselves because yeah. the, seeing seeing a CGI, the inside of a, uh, of the Overlook Hotel completely CGI with them basically recreating scenes from the movie. Like, How it, it becomes just a universal theme park ride, basically. Yeah, Which I, I could be on board with. I'm not oh. going to lie. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It, it, it hurts to, partici- to participate in. Mama, yeah. you're hurting me. It's it's fine. It, it's justified. But ow, ow, there's pain I mean, in my soul. Okay, let me let me just say. I mean, The Shining is one of my favorite movies, and I just like if there's one thing I liked about this movie, I actually kind of enjoyed the CGI sequence just because it felt like an amusement park ride, as you are saying. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Pure, pure entertainment. Turn the brain off. Pure entertainment. You know. Yeah. It, Thank you, like, Martin Scorsese. I, <laughs> I agree. The, the roller coaster ride. Indeed. I, I, I know we referenced it on the Space Jam 2 episode, but I got to bring it up again. Uh, that tweet you found, Kellen, about the person who was like, oh, I, I was on the I was on the fence about Space Jam 2 until there was a 15-second Rick and Morty reference. And for this one, it's like, oh, yeah, I was, I was on the fence about Ready Player One, but, oh, dude, when it went to the Overlook Hotel – Inside, yeah, yeah, that's that's what sealed sealed the deal for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's it's just again. um, 
I enjoyed it's it as an entertainment experience, that that clip. But I'm not saying it helped the movie at all. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I'm glad you were able to enjoy it. There's a, there's, there's, More so than a, can be said for me. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it's something about where uh, I don't hold it against anyone for going like, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie or whatever. It just not the movie, like, the scene, the scene, oh, the scene. Got it, got it. Well, the movie as a whole, similar to um, what Space Jam is, it, it feels like this is the trajectory that you get once you show studios that you can make money by mashing IP together. That you mm-hmm. get the Lego movie, you get Ready Player One, you get uh, Space Jam 2, you get Free Guy. Free Guy is probably going to do incredibly well because it seems like a smartly done concept of the same genetic material of, you know, you literally have someone who's an NPC going on a hero's journey, but it's with a vague GTA slash Apex Legends slash Fortnite Mm. skin mashup. Mm. And the best part about it seems to be that you let Ryan Reynolds, who's a funny person, riff in a lot of funny ways. And you let Taika Waititi, who's a funny person, riff in a lot of Uh ways. And he just kind of got out of the way and then gave them slick graphics to do that over. Like the, the it, it's a good way to do it, but I think that it's going to lead to a lot of painful, painful, painful knockoffs as things continue on. Um, yes. And well too. said, well said. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that this movie is uh, one of those things that was a bellwether for this new genre of sorts, just like we have superhero movies, just like we have dramas, just like uh, we had Westerns at the time. I think mashup IP is becoming its own genre of sorts of like mm. I, it's it's this thing that's just meant to show how many various connections to things you can build out and that's the primary purpose of it and i mean we were talking last time um on the suicide squad uh show with Graham about how uh the marvel superhero dc movies are sort of like the new westerns as in they're the only big budget productions that are getting made. And then the overlap um, between this concept of like a cinematic IP universe and that dominant uh, genre of a blockbuster. It's, 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 it's the nexus of all um, of, uh, you know, the, I, I guess like the normie zeitgeist right now, for sure. I can't wait. That, this means another five years of this kind of stuff. Cause guess what? Ready Player Two the, as a movie, not just as a book. It's in development, y'all. It's happening, folks. It's oh, happening. No. Oh yeah. Come oh, on. No. Oh yeah. Let's get let's get Robert Zemeckis this time to direct this movie instead. Have Hold- Spielberg <laughs> hand it off. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Hold me, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, well, uh, normally for for most things, uh, this is where we would be talking about like, oh well. Uh, how many trash cans would you give something? But because this is a new season for us, it's something fun uh, with, with a slightly adjusted format. Um, I am excited to debut a much more streamlined version of is this garbage or not? So it, it, it's it's pretty simple here. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask you all first. Uh, is this garbage? Griff, take it away. Uh, yeah, this is absolutely garbage. Um, I th- you you described it well as a snake eating its own tail. So I'm 
I, I think we probably properly explained over the course of this episode uh, why this piece of pop culture is particularly no- a, a particularly noxious piece of garbage, and I'm going to be renaming it uh, Ready Player Ouroboros. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the Netflix series. I- I'm sorry, HBO Max series. My my apologies. Yeah. I have to get the streaming <laughs> companies correct. Yeah, uh, Mamba. What what about you? Um, yeah, this is a this movie is a huge problem, and I am awarding it uh, as much trash as possible. Garbage. There we go. Yeah, uh, I would like my money back. I would like to be reimbursed for my time. <laughs> um, yeah. I still am apologizing to my girlfriend for making her watch this with me. So well, at least you still have one after forcing ah, the, well, yeah. this to occur. You know, uh, uh, sweaty mamba coming out as a male manipulator on his oh, first ooh, podcast ooh, episode. Ooh, ooh. Okay, okay, Chris. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely fall into the same camp. I don't think anyone's surprised. Uh, certainly, I think that this is garbage. Uh, my apologies to anyone who uh, uh, tuned into this episode and was like, "Finally, someone who will give the plot recap of Ready Player One." Because no, that like it just what wasn't plot? in the cards. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we hit on all the highlight scenes, so uh, you're incredibly welcome for a much more enjoyable time than Ready Player One was entirely but uh with with all that being said of course uh, it's time to get to plugs so grift uh what is happening in the shop i hear that the shop has switched locations now it's uh you're, you're now operating in the main cultural nexus you've moved to where everything's occurring columbus ohio right <laughs> yes yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the fastest growing city in the world no uh yeah i'm i'm uh this is being uh, broadcasted from uh manhattan right now so from from an undisclosed location uh we'll we'll leave it at that um but as far as what's going on in the shop uh we still got the the fed post uh pop-up collab we're probably going to run that like another week or so um and then uh coming up in the works uh we got there there, there, there's some there's some nebulous plans for uh for for some uh labor day uh like designs uh as as well as 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 there 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 might be something special planned for the 20th anniversary of 9-11 you never know oh of course (laughs) of course well i already look forward to the inevitable inevitable flagging of the the Shopify yes, merge, yeah, yeah. so please everyone get it while it's hot. Free grip shop. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Gonna have to start investing in like a t-shirt printer ourselves to to try and make yeah. this operation go. I'm, just, I'm gonna sell all the sensor designs as NFTs. <laughs> you should also sell the uh, the the email where they give you that warning and let you yeah. know what happened. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the confirmation of receipt almost with it. Yeah, it's um, it's the it's the ticket number that they give you. That's the that. that goes into the blockchain <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so uh mambo what about yourself what's happening yeah so you can certainly give me a follow on twitter if you want at the sweaty mamba although i'm definitely producing more content on my letterbox which you can find at just letterbox.com slash the sweaty mamba um this this viewing inspired me to go through the I'm, I'm currently working on going through the whole spirit spielberg filmography and 
uh, doing some rewatches, watching the ones I haven't seen, making a little rankings list, and I'm sure you can guess where Ready Player One is on the list at the moment. <laughs> so, number one with the number, bullet. Number one, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I know. Uh, just you know, regardless, uh, whenever we get done with this, I am going to love getting your opinion on 1941 because I'm mean, looking forward to seeing it. That, that's what I would encourage everyone to uh, to try watching instead because it's just it's a unique premise even it's like oh it's spielberg doing an almost spoof comedy movie oh weird that doesn't and seem like something he would do uh, it is and I, it's actually pretty good i must say uh, you're the first person i've heard positively praise it so uh I, and, I, and i respect your opinion so well um, you know I, again i can be wrong but uh j- just know that maybe it's the nostalgia myself that that's okay, the uh, okay that's what's happening my oasis is just 1941, 1941. Themes, you know it's 1941 the soundtrack is some 41 it, it's just you know a real there you uh, go fucked up <laughs> well, i'll let you know on. when i uh get to it Hell yeah. Uh, as for the show itself, go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Letterbox at Giggo Podcast, G I G O Podcast. Uh, if you want, feel free and leave us a five star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. That helps with the algorithm. Uh, I mean, we've existed so long, it probably doesn't uh, mean anything one particular way or the other. But because my focus, once again, I'm coming to you once again as an audience and saying, Spotify is the future. Spotify is the way, friends. We can trust this corporate entity and juggernaut to uh, not fuck us over, for sure. 100% definitely. Um, but we are closing in on 100 followers there. So if y'all wouldn't mind, uh, throw us a follow there. That's always fun. And uh, until next time, just know that we love you. And let's all say goodbye, y'all. Peace. Peace, everyone. Thank you for having me. You got it. Deuces. Deuces.